What's up, guys? Welcome to the Who Better Than You podcast. The podcast where we dive deep into self-development and how to implement more of it into our daily lives. My name is Gina. I'm a 28-year-old fitness coach and yoga instructor, and I have met many other women in their 20s sharing the same struggles as me. I figured it was time to get raw about what it's like navigating life at this age. Half figured out, half hot mess. Get ready to embrace your inner strength, defy expectations, and step into your power. It's time to conquer imposter syndrome and become the unstoppable force God has created you to be. No matter what life throws at you, there's nobody better than you for this journey. Let's dive in. What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in to my first ever podcast, Who Better Than You? Um, it feels like really weird sitting here because, you know, this is something that I've wanted to do for a really long time. I've probably been talking about it quite frankly for years, but, um, you know, there was always this feeling of I'm not ready yet, or maybe next year, maybe when I have more money, maybe when I have more of a following, um, you name it, I have thought it and, You know, the reality is I've sat down and thought about it. I'm 28 years old now and I'm like, listen, there's really not going to be the perfect time to do this, right? Um, I'm just sitting in my house talking into a microphone. Um, You know, it feels a little silly, but it also feels right. Um, You know, so this is something that I'm uncomfortable doing. I'll admit that now. Um, and because of that, I wanted to make my first episode about imposter syndrome because I think imposter syndrome, not, I think I know imposter syndrome is the sole reason that I've waited this long to do something like this. And I think if I feel this way, someone else has to be feeling this way, whether it's about podcasting or quite frankly, anything else, um, I think that a lot of times we just get in our own way and a lot of times we get super attached to the outcome, which, you know, then keeps us paralyzed by how many things need to happen for that outcome when really it's like, all you got to do is the first step. So here I am sitting at my computer, absolutely struggling to figure out GarageBand and how to edit this episode. Um, so pray for me. I, well, I guess you will be hearing the edited episode, but anyway, I digress. So yeah, I, I wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. Um, I think that this is something we've heard before. It's kind of a buzzword on social media, but really what is imposter syndrome, right? So at the root of it, it's a behavioral health phenomenon described as self-doubt of intellect, skills, or accomplishments among high-achieving individuals. So basically what that means is we have this fear, right, or this doubt that our accomplishments can't match up to those around us. It's almost like we could be in a room full of other well-skilled people and we'll fully convince ourselves that we don't have room at the table. We don't have anything to offer. Uh, People who experience imposter syndrome often feel like they don't deserve their achievements. Um, Maybe they're almost too humble, 
right? Like they attribute their success to luck or timing rather than taking ownership that it was really their own abilities and efforts that have gotten them to this place. And this is something that has resonated for me for literally years. Um, I was a dancer growing up and I remember always feeling that way even as a child and I went to a performing arts high school where everybody was talented Um, and you know instead of facing that head-on and being grateful that I was able to be in a room where I could both learn from those people but also realize I brought some type of value that other people didn't right I let it be my crutch And again, you're young, so it's like coulda, shoulda, woulda, right? But at the end of the day, I do see how that held me back so much in my career, specifically my dance career. Um, After high school and college, I danced professionally for a year um, in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, for the NBA team, the Cleveland Cavaliers. And, you know, looking back in retrospect, I just see how much I let this paralyze me, this self-doubt, this feeling that I just didn't belong there. I didn't offer anything. And so what I would often do is I would mask it with humor, um, which we hear a lot of, right? It's, It's like if you feel insufficient in something, you'll oftentimes just try to laugh or make a joke. Um, you know, and I, I would do that a lot. And, and looking back, it was a, it was a hard mental thing that I did, right? Going from being in a small liberal arts college to dancing professionally in front of thousands of people. I mean, it, it was, there was a lot of applied pressure. And at 22, I was in a new city. Um, I was away from my family. I was away from my boyfriend at the time. And I just cracked. I developed an anxiety disorder and that started my mental health journey, which I'm grateful for, no regrets, and we'll dive into that in later episodes. But nonetheless, looking back, I see how much I justified the reason why I didn't re-audition, right? I blamed it on the coach. I blamed it on the city of Ohio. I blamed it on, you know, the fact that we had a standard to maintain a certain weight, which in the professional world is not out of pocket. That's what the industry is. But again, I was soft and I took that so personal when I should have just faced it head on and been like, okay, obviously I'm not operating from my best self. There's things to be learned here. I should be grateful that I'm in this atmosphere, but I should also walk in with my head held high because Clearly, I made the team, right? I did the same audition everyone else did. There's some type of value that I had that other girls didn't. And again, these are things that we learn through life. They're growing pains. And I very much so still find myself doing this at 28. Um, So I felt like this was the perfect thing to talk about as a first episode. Um, And, you know, maybe your Uh, imposter syndrome shows up differently, right? So again, for me, it was in the form of self-doubt, constantly questioning my abilities, feeling inadequate, um, even once I achieved things that I set out to achieve. It was almost like it was just never enough. 
Um, sometimes people will minimize their achievements, again, attributing it to luck uh, or just right time, right place, or maybe who they know. Sometimes that shows up as overworking, compensating your feelings of inadequacy and associating that with your performance. Like if I continue to work excessively and overachieve, um, then I might feel good enough, right? We know that game, it's toxic, and it oftentimes just leads to burnout. Uh, Sometimes it shows up as procrastinating, avoiding different tasks because of the fear of not meeting those expectations that we oftentimes put on ourselves, by the way. And a lot of times it's just hard to accept praise. So again, it's like the it's like the opposite of being humble. It's like feeling so uncomfortable or unworthy when receiving recognition for your work. So, you know, I've seen this is something I've talked openly about with other people. And I've found that it's really not gender specific. I think everyone has probably felt a level of imposter syndrome in their life. Um, especially when it comes to their profession or again, being in your late twenties, like a lot of people are married and having kids and that's not my season of life and that's okay. But every once in a while I let that creep in, you know, you open Instagram, who's engaged, who's having a baby. And it's like, I love that for them. But in the same regard, you, you do find yourself feeling like I'm too inadequate to ever have that I'm not worthy of that and I mean it truly goes on and on and on so with the ramble I thought it would be a good idea to take action steps to overcoming imposter syndrome right because I think a lot of times we know this feeling but we don't put a name to it so we might not even realize what it is we're feeling like how to communicate what we're feeling so I wanted to talk about some practical ways because it's an everyday effort and it will continue to be on how to, once and for all, walk in your power, realize that you have worth and purpose, and be able to be in a room, be a learner, but understand that you also deserve to hold space, right? So I think the first step, and and this can go with a lot of things, is just acknowledging and accepting that you have these feelings, right? So yes, they may not be true, but that doesn't mean you're not valid for feeling them. So I think the first step is admitting you're experiencing it. Understand that many high-achieving individuals feel this way at times. Sometimes I feel like having imposter syndrome in a weird way is like a sign that I'm on the right track because I I think it just goes to show that I, I do have passion for what I do and I have a deep desire to be successful. Um, and with that success, I mean that I really want to make an impact on people. And I think that a lot of times I get so caught up again in the end of the road, like where I want to end up, that I can't focus on the step by step. And I start to think about all the things that I I need to change about myself essentially to get there when in reality, it's just not the case. We just do what we can every single day and we show up. And I think some of the best advice I've gotten is, And it kind of ties in with yoga, right? Be now here or nowhere. I think you just got to accept it. Accept this is how I feel. Um, It's valid, but it doesn't mean it's true. So that's number one, right? Accepting it. Acknowledging your feelings, that they're there and they're real. But that doesn't mean we have to be stuck there. We don't have to stay there, okay? So number two, document your achievements. 
Now, this might seem like a little bit cocky, but I, I don't think it is, right? Because I think a lot of times we forget how incredibly resilient we are. And when we find ourselves in the middle of not being exactly where we want to be, it can be very challenging to see the value we do offer just as we are without having to change or be somebody else or look a certain way. I think when we just realize that we're always we're always enough as we are, we can want better for ourselves, right? But I think that is the downside of self-development because it does sometimes create this feeling of I need to do more, I need to learn more, I need to absorb, absorb, absorb. And really we just get so messed up in the head over it. So I think that if you keep a record of your accomplishments, big and small, anything that holds value to you, write them down and regularly review them to remind yourself of your capabilities. So for me, I can look at my experience on the calves as I should have done better. I should have not had such a weak spine about it. I should have continued to push through, whatever it is. The end of the day, I didn't, but it was still a really big accomplishment. It was something that I set out to do my freshman year in college, and I did it five years later, and that's really cool. And there's a bunch of other little things and big things that I could say that I've accomplished. And sometimes, again, I think we feel so backwards to talk about those things when really I think we we need to know those things to know that, no, like I did that. <laughs> I did it once. I could do it again because I have the proof, right? So that's number two, document your achievements. Number three, and this can be used for so many things, ask yourself, is it true? What limiting beliefs do you have that have convinced you that you aren't worthy or qualified? So... I think when we get into a thought loop, especially a negative thought loop, the spiral can just take over. So I think by stopping and asking, is it true, pulls you out of the thought loop. Even if for just a moment, it allows you to see the thought outside of yourself and to then challenge the thought, right? So if I'm having a day where I'm spiraling, I can't think good thoughts, like it just feels like it's consuming me. I have the power to stop and say, is it true? And when I ask that, I see it differently. And then I have to look for examples or proof that it's true. And a lot of times, it's not. A lot of times, those feelings that I have are straight my emotions that I've manipulated into a belief. So I think when you can stop and ask that question, It brings you back into your body, but it also challenges your mind and again, makes you see yourself outside of yourself, if that makes sense. So I think that's, it's a simple, it's a simple tool, but it's an important tool. Number four, be a learner. So when you are in a room where you feel underqualified, instead of shrinking back from it, I kind of talked about this earlier. You should lean into it. Lean into the gratitude of being a part of it, right? So currently I do personal training at a gym and everyone I work with is so intelligent. 
Most of them have been doing PT a lot longer than me. They have a lot more accomplishments professionally. And I can't lie, a lot of times when I'm in a room with them, I feel this way. I feel like I don't want to talk out loud because what if I say something and it sounds stupid? Like, and I'm an extroverted person. But when we're sitting in the meeting and I know I could get called on, I start to get like shaky. Like it's ridiculous because I get so in my head and that starts the the thought loop, right? I'm not, what am I, why do I think I belong here? There's nothing that I bring to the table that the person next to me doesn't, you know, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, it's just not true because I wouldn't be in that position. I wouldn't have gotten the job if they didn't see some type of value in me. So I think when you can shift your mindset in that way, and now I try to look at it in the lens of like, I get to be around people who are extremely educated, who have a ton of experience to draw on, and truly just want to develop me into the best possible coach I can be. When I see it like that, I feel grateful. I feel grateful to make mistakes around them. I feel grateful to ask them questions because I know when I do that, I'm going to learn something. They're going to teach me something and I'm going to learn it. And then I can apply it, right? And then eventually I could teach it to somebody else. But it's not until we are in the mindset of being the learner, knowing that there's always something that we can learn, then I think it's going to be really, really hard for you to really grasp and take everything that's around you and absorb it as best as you can. Because even if you're in a job or a situation where you don't think you want to be forever, there's still something to be learned. There's still a skill or there's still experience to be had or there's still people to to meet that is going to shape you and prepare you for what's next. So you should always show up and be a learner. Number five, understand that everyone starts somewhere. Such a simple thing to say, but just even saying it out loud, like my shoulders feel like they just soften. So, you know, there's grace. There's grace in understanding that everyone was new at something at some point. We love comfort because it feels familiar, but that's just not how we grow and it's not how we develop. Again, thinking about being a personal trainer, I was certified and then I was hired a lot quicker than I anticipated. So naturally, I didn't have any really hands-on experience. And I remember being in my interview with two of my bosses, who, by the way, have been doing PT for, I don't know, 10 plus years. And they're extremely smart. And just like they have riz, right? Like they have really good charisma and they're good at their job. And I remember I was shadowing them and meaning like I was following them around, watching them train and then I would train and they'd give me feedback and whatnot. And of course they made a crap ton of mistakes at the beginning. Um, and I, I truly remember that feeling so strong. And I, I think I actually said it to the one. I was like, I wish I was like you or I wish I knew what you knew, like whatever. It was a compliment, but it was almost like I completely degraded myself in that moment. And, you know, he reminded me like, hey, I've been doing this for a really long time. I've made my fair share of mistakes. And again, you you learn and we grow by being uncomfortable. And I remember being so uncomfortable those few weeks because 
Nobody likes, first of all, being new at something and then being watched being new at something when that person is really good at that something, you know? And that could go for anything. You could be a server. And I remember, because I'm a server as well, and I remember my trainer would watch me go up to the table and I would just overthink the whole thing. No one likes it. But at the end of the day, I'm a much better person and I have a much better skill set because I made the decision to be new and to be not good at something and to humble myself to that reality and trusting that to help me through the negative self-talk is just telling myself, you know what, everyone starts somewhere. Nobody just plopped into a situation or a job or an environment and was like, yeah, I'm great at this. I mean, think about some of your favorite influencers, like my favorite girl ever is Whitney Simmons. To this day, I love her. And I see her influence and I'm like, oh my gosh, like girly got it all. But you have to remember, she started on YouTube years ago and she was just filming her workouts. And I mean, I'm sure there was a time she had 50 subscribers. So, you know, a lot of times we don't, see that. We, we see the end and we don't see the mess in the middle. So I think, again, drawing back to number five, remind yourself, everyone starts somewhere. And then number six, celebrate your success. Don't downplay or dismiss your accomplishments. Celebrate your achievements, no matter how small they may seem. Again, I think it's important to draw on past experiences as proof that you have grown. I think Every day, things feel the same, but when we look back, truly, a lot of things change. And I think it's important and essential, right, to recognize how we've grown, the lessons we've learned, and then a healthy balance of wanting to continue to get better. So I think with these practical steps in mind, Imposter syndrome may never just go away, but I think you can definitely get ahead of it. So before the spiral starts, before we completely talk ourselves out of opportunities that are actually meant for us, I think that you can stop it in its tracks, right? Ask yourself, what what about this is true? Where in my life did I develop this belief that I'm not meant to make a lot of money or that I'm not meant to have a family and children or that I'm not meant to move to the city I've I've been thinking about since I was a child. Like, why do we do that, right? And again, we'll get into that because that has a lot to do with how we grew up, the environment we grew up in, and I'm gonna do a whole episode on shadow work Because I think it's important that we dive deep. And that is what self-development is, right? You have to look at the ugly side of yourself. And again, see the things that have happened to you. um, Not in a way that it's like, woe is me. But in a way that can empower you and be like, I've gone through this and I've done this. But I'm more resilient because of this. So... That's my big thoughts on imposter syndrome. Let me know what you guys think of the episode, what you'd like to hear more of. I am going to start bringing some special guests on and talking about um, 
different areas that I want to learn about more as well. But I think just getting started, this is like, again, super new and truthfully super uncomfortable for me. So I'm just going to talk to myself for uh, a few episodes until I figure out how I want this to be and look like. Um, But I really do, my goal with this is to just build a community um, of people who can just truly champion, champion each other and understand that sometimes we just have to drop the mask and be real and be vulnerable because I think that vulnerability is attractive and when you can be vulnerable and you use it as your superpower, I don't think that it makes you weak. I think it makes you unstoppable. And I think being in my 20, late 20s at this point, right, I'm 28, um, I've always kind of hated how vulnerable I've been or I sometimes, you know, I'll overshare. I'm definitely an overshare. And then I go home and I'm like, oh my God, I I said too much. And sometimes it is too much. I need to like work on that. But, you know, there's a level of protecting your peace. But I also think that being vulnerable is beautiful because people tell me things and they open up to me and they want my advice. And and that's not because I'm well-versed in all of these things, but because I create a, a space for them to feel comfortable to do so. And I'm sure that you have that gift as well if you let yourself tap into it. And if you know that about yourself, if you know you're extremely vulnerable, don't run from it or try to not identify with it, right? Use it as your superpower. Learn how to lean into it and continue to chase after it and continue at the same time to do the work on yourself because again, that's how we grow, that's how we learn, and that's how we get better. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm gonna try to keep these fairly short because who wants to hear a stranger just ramble on about themselves? So uh, until next time, thank you guys for tuning in, for being a part of this first vulnerable episode of mine. Again, as you go through your week, As you go through tomorrow, no matter what comes your way, do better than you.